the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. President Biden's advanced age and memory loss back in the spotlight. Last week began with the president mixing up the names of two world leaders. At separate campaign fundraisers, he recalled a 2021 conversation with G7 leaders, but named leaders who had died years earlier. Then on Friday, the special counsel's bombshell report on classified documents described the 81-year-old Joe Biden's memory as hazy, fuzzy, and having significant limitations. At a press conference, the president insisted his memory is fine, but soon mixed up the names of the Mexican and Egyptian presidents. Greg Clugston, Washington. It is, of course, Super Bowl Sunday. That means a day of dazzling and sometimes humorous commercials. Airing a Super Bowl spot is no easy feat. For one thing, it does cost $7 million. That's for a 30-second spot. This is SRN News. Bad decisions limit future options. Make enough bad decisions and you destroy your life. Listen to The Flotline with your host, Rick Hughes, every Sunday morning at 730 here on AM 1280 The Patriot. The Flotline describes a main line of resistance in your soul, built on God's Word. Join us every Sunday for 30 minutes of inspiration, motivation, education, all without manipulation. The Flotline with Rick Hughes, every Sunday morning at 730, here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Since you depend on us for the right perspective of the day's biggest issues and stories, here's another way to keep you informed each day is with SalemNewsChannel.com. SalemNewsChannel.com is the news channel that's all about America and does not afraid to admit it. Check it out today, SalemNewsChannel.com. From the AM 1280, the Patriot Studios, tonight's low around 26 degrees with clear skies throughout your evening and overnight hours. Tomorrow for your Monday, mostly sunny, high nearing 40. You're listening to AM 1280, the Patriot. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And if you'd like to follow us along on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and give our page a like or a follow if you have not done so already. And uh, follow along as we uh, have the live stream of the broadcast up and running. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. So hang on to your wallets, Minnesotans. Yeah, the uh, Minnesota legislative session is slated to begin tomorrow. And uh, I'll probably talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. But uh, I I couldn't be helped but struck by a local Associated Press headline. Minnesota's legislative session could be, quote-unquote, much less active this year, leaders say. Well, given what I—and I've referred to last year's session as a buffet of lunacy. Given what was put through during that whole session, um, there could still be a lot of significant damage that is done this time around, although the House, the entire Minnesota House is up for election. So 
I have a feeling it's just going to be more of try, kind of tightening up, you know, their uh, their campaign slogans. They don't want to appear t- too extreme, but we'll see. I, like I say, I'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, there was some news regarding the majority caucus in the Senate. Uh, this is from Alex uh, DeRozier at Pioneer Press, longtime St. Paul lawmaker, Senator Aaron Murphy will be the leader of the DFL majority in the Minnesota Senate. DFL senators elected Murphy as majority leader on Tuesday, a little less than a week before the 2024 legislative session begins. Murphy replaces majority leader Kerry Dedzik, who had been the top Senate Democrat since their party won a 34-33 majority over Republicans in the 2022 election. Dedzik announced last week she had to step down after learning her cancer had returned after she underwent surgery to remove a tumor during the legislative session last year. The five-term Minneapolis senator will remain in office, but announced she would vacate the leadership role last Friday. And certainly uh, our uh, best wishes and thoughts and prayers with uh, Senator Carrie Dietzik. Uh, Just hearing the hell she has gone through in her cancer treatments. Oh, my God, just heartbreaking news. Uh, and we certainly hope the best for her, to to say the least. Well, uh, this is kind of the this this kind of completes the complete uh, this kind of complete um, uh, from the redund- redundancy of depart uh, from the Department of Redundancy Department. I apologize for that. This kind of makes a full circle the um, DFL's complete transformation to just a radical far-left progressive policy. I mean, DFL stands for Democratic uh, Farmer Labor. Don't know how much of the interests of farmers that a urban progressive like uh, Aaron Murphy represents here. But I, I find it interesting on a number of levels. Well, first of all, let's go back. I think it was four or five years ago. Something like that when Tom Bach was still uh, majority leader, or no, it was a minority leader. I apologize, minority leader. The uh, Republicans got the majority in 2016 and they held on to it in 2020, and then obviously lost the majority in 2022. So Republicans had the majority like 2019, 2020 timeframe, and the DFL caucus was holding their uh, election for a minority leader, and Tom Bach was ousted in favor of Woodbury Representative Susan Kent because Woodbury has pretty much become kind of a, uh, a blue suburb. It's It was purple for a while, and it's pretty much blue now. And back then, it just showed you the priorities of the DFL because Tom Bach, you know, he was a, a old-school union guy and definitely represented the interests of farmers and, and laborers. But the issue that a lot of DFLers were having with Tom Bach is he was still very much a strong Second Amendment advocate and was not down with any of these gun bans. I mean, you think about it, go back to 2013-2014. The DFL then, as they do now, had complete control of state government from Governor Mark Dayton to majority, obviously, in both chambers of the legislature. And even then, they couldn't get any meaningful gun control passed at all. And Tom Bach and other DFLers like Bach were reasons why. Is because, you know, they they obviously, like any legislator, would do anything to stem the tide of, of gun violence but yet banning guns was not the answer. And, and and it never happened, never came to fruition for, for the Democrats back in 2013, 2014. Well, now pretty much of the pretty much those old school DFLers, you know, Second Amendment advocates, they've either either retired or were defeated by Republicans. And so you can see kind of the shift in demographics where you know Republicans were you know, largely dominating in the in the suburban areas and small in small towns and then as you get further out state it was you know it was the old school DFL and now the transformation since 
you know, I really started to notice it in 2018, maybe 2016, that now Democrats are really starting to take over in the suburbs, and you've got the 7th and 8th congressional districts, the more, you know, rural congressional districts. You've got vast majority of uh, Republican representation. So it's been amazing to watch the transformation. Well, my point in bringing all this up is that Aaron Murphy being the leader of the Senate Democrats shows you the interests that the Democrats have. Heck, they even said it when Susan Kent was there, was named the minority leader, usurping Tom Bach. They basically indicated that Bach didn't, wasn't necessarily representing their priorities, you know, which was a euphemism was we need more gun control. But it also is interesting. It'll be interesting to, uh, I'd love to be a proverbial fly in the wall during some of these leaders' meetings where, say, the uh, uh, House Speaker, in this case, Melissa Hortman, and Senate Majority Leader, now Aaron Murphy, get together with the governor. Because, you know, that's typically how, how it's done is, you know, you get the leadership, you know, the minority leaders and majority leaders meet with the governor and they try to hash out certain legislation now given that Democrats control everything. Again, there really isn't a lot of use for Republicans, but they still, as kind of a courtesy, invite them along to hear them out before they reject their, you know, uh, counterproposals. But if you'll recall, Erin Murphy and her running mate, Erin May Quaid, they were endorsed for governor and lieutenant governor, respectively, in the 2018, at the 2018 DFL convention. Because you remember, Mark Dayton was the outgoing governor. And so it was going to be an open race for governor. And Aaron Murphy won the endorsement as the gubernatorial candidate for the DFL. Well, Tim Walls stepped over that endorsement and took it to primary and, of course, ended up winning the primary, won the general in 2018, and won re-election in 2022. Isn't it amazing how you get all these virtue-signaling leftist men who will come out and say, well, we definitely need more women in, in elective, uh, elected office. And look at uh, look at our side, the Democrat side, how many of these diverse individuals we have in our caucus, and particularly all the women representation, right? But yet, if they try to get the big chair, i.e. the governor's office, well, that, that seems to be a bridge too far. Can't quite get through that glass ceiling, so they... Uh, so, you, you step right over them and take it to a primary and defeat them in a primary. And it's a it, it, it's amazing how history repeats itself because Mark Dayton did the exact same thing in 2010. You remember Margaret Anderson Kelleher? She was the DFL-endorsed candidate for governor in 2010. And Mark Dayton stepped over because he had the money to take it all the way to the primary and ended up winning the primary and ended up winning two terms as governor. So I, it's just just kind of an interesting side note to this to this uh, leadership election, and uh, will there kind of be any uh, residual tensions between uh, Aaron Murphy and and Governor Walls? That again, be interesting to be a, a fly in the wall there. That's for sure. So uh, this this just again strongly signals what the Democrats want, and when you hear things like, "Well, you know, this this could be a much less active session." Uh, don't buy it for a second. There are still some uh, heavy issues they're looking to cover that I would dare say do not represent the needs of the majority of Minnesotans. But because the DFL has full control, albeit by a very scant majority, they do have that majority and feel as though that they can run roughshod. So uh, I'm going to be interested to see the mindset. Is the mindset of, hey, we're willing to accept collateral damage, i.e. lose the majority in the House to getting these big items passed, or, hey, we want to make keep a permanent majority, so kind of keep our powder dry. It'll be interesting to see how they approach this session. But a, the Associated Press kind of had a preview of some of the issues they're going to broach this upcoming session. We'll, so we'll talk about that next segment. And again, be available to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Or check us out on our live stream at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, where, again, live streaming the broadcast is up and running. Brad Carlson back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
Join the Patriot Freedom Fan Club for prizes, contests, quizzes, and more. Plus, get exclusive access to pre-sale tickets to events. It's free to join, so visit am1280thepatriot.com today. We all know that aches and pains come with simply getting older, but it doesn't mean you have to accept it. That's why I want to tell you about a special lady, Leah from Ohio, and her relief factor story. One Sunday, Leah was sitting on the couch in so much pain, she was literally in tears. That's when she decided to try Relief Factor. Just eight days later, she found relief, and she continued to get better and better. To quote her, she said, I am truly amazed at this product. Like me, who after nine, almost ten years, almost a decade of low back pain lost that pain thanks to Relief Factor. If you're living with aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel and live better every day. Get the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. It all comes with a feel-better or your money-back guarantee. That number, 1-800-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. Are you tired of being told to hang in there on the Wall Street roller coaster because the market always comes back? Meanwhile, fees continue to be deducted from your account while your retirement withers away. Hi, I'm Mitch Lyons, best-selling author and star in a brand new Hollywood documentary called The Retirement Deception. In the film, you'll see how Wall Street's traditional retirement plans and 401ks have failed Americans. But more importantly, you'll discover the solution to protecting your hard-earned wealth and retiring successfully. You'll see how to grow money potentially double digits, beat inflation with increasing income, and when the next market crash hits, you lose nothing. So if you're over 50 and want a bigger, better, stress-free retirement, call to talk to a specialist and get a free copy of this brand new movie, The Retirement Deception. Call 800-578-3535. This is a $30 value, but when you call today, you get it completely free. Plus, I'll even cover shipping and handling, no credit card required. So don't delay. Call right now. 800-578-3535. Did you know that there's one place you can go to hear God's words of hope spoken into your life anytime, anywhere? Oneplace.com Listen to your favorite Christian programs, read daily devotionals, and get answers to your tough questions all at Oneplace.com or on the Oneplace app in the Apple and Android app stores. Visit Oneplace.com today. She's smart, beautiful, and a former Fox Business Channel host. Now you can hear her take on the day's financial news on The Trish Regan Show on the Salem Podcast Network. Hear intelligent radio through your smart speaker. Just say, play Play the the Patriot Patriot Minneapolis. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Back with another segment on the broadcast. Here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. And again, you can check us out via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And we do have the live stream of the broadcast up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Uh, appreciate uh, MNWX guy uh, saying that he's listening right now and he hopes the last hour is non-Trump. So <laughs> appreciate you listening, uh, sir. Thank you so much. And yeah, uh, not a lot of Trump stuff to get to. I'm uh, going to be talking some uh, dia, uh, um, Minnesota politics this segment and then Casey Maddox of Americans for Prosperity coming up at 2.30. I haven't promoted that particular uh, appearance as yet, but you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Uh, he's going to weigh in on the Biden administration having been revealed to have pressured Amazon to censor uh, books that uh, were promoting uh, theories about or, or were basically speaking out against COVID vaccines. So, yeah, you're going to want to stay tuned uh, for that one. But we appreciate uh, MNWX guy. We appreciate you tuning in uh, regardless of uh, whether I'm saying things you agree with or not. Thank you so much. Uh, again, we are talking about the uh, legislative session that is slated to begin tomorrow. This is from the Associated Press. Minnesota might be on the verge of a normal legislative session. Well, what do they consider normal now? Considering the buffet of lunacy that took place last year, is that is a semblance of that still considered normal? I don't know. Uh, the House and Senate 
And I apologize, a pop-up got in my way. Convene Monday with a relatively modest agenda for after a momentous 2023 session that saw Democrats use their newfound control of the state house to enact practically everything on their ambitious wish list. That included expanded abortion rights and trans rights, paid family and medical leave, universal free school lunches, child care credits, and other aid for families. It feels to me like this is going to be, if you will, and will knock on wood, a more normal off-budget year, Democrat Governor Tim Walz said, focusing on bonding, clean up a few things that need to be cleaned up. In even-numbered years, the main task is traditionally a public works borrowing package known as a bonding bill. It's likely to include close to $830 million in debt that Walls proposed in January as part of a $982 million package. The two-year budget was set last year when lawmakers had a $17 billion surplus to tap. So some of the things they're going to be looking at, of course, we mentioned bonding. Uh, they call it a normal legislative session. So abortion and gender, is that kind of become the new normal? Because, yeah, according to the Associated Press, uh, the 2023 session eliminated essentially all restrictions on abortion in Minnesota. Democrats are now planning an equal rights amendment to the state constitution that will likely include protections for abortion rights, as well as gender identity and expression. So that's normal. That's a normal legislative session. That's the new normal. I I guess um, I guess that we're uh, we're going with. Okay, Uh, one area that uh, I think we could all uh, rejoice over about law enforcement Uh, An uproar developed over limits enacted last year on the powers of police who work in schools, known as school resource officers, to restrain disruptive students. One of the several restrictions on the use of force since uh, use of force passed since the murder of George Floyd by a Minneapolis officer in 2020. Several departments withdrew offers from schools, calling the rules unworkable. Democrats rejected Republican calls for a special session to craft a fix before classes resumed last fall, but they've set the first hearing for Monday on a bill they say will provide the clarity that police and school want. GOP Senator Zach Duckworth of Lakeville says he's genuinely happy that Democrats now agree the law needs to be fixed. And they're also going to talk about uh, sports betting, uh, immigration. I think some Democrats want to turn the state into a sanctuary state, which, again, don't know what, what a whole lot normal is about that. Uh, assisted suicide, that seem, kind of seems like a dark topic. Uh, a House committee has already kicked off the debate over allowing physician-assisted suicide for patients with less than six months to live. Ten states allow it, while proponents plan fresh pushes and several others. While the Democrat majorities backed other personal autonomy measures in 2023, it's not clear if there are enough votes for assisted suicide since at least one Democrat senator is opposed. Uh, Senate Minority Leader Mark Johnson said he hasn't heard of any Senate Republicans who support it. Well, if that's the case, then that's, pardon the pun, dead on arrival. So, again, I guess it's all dependent upon your definition of normal here. But one thing that was conveniently omitted, and it's only because this may have been a new development or they feel the issue is too divisive, you know, I alluded to it last segment, was gun control. I mean, Democrats had an opportunity in 2013 and 2014 when they had both chambers of the legislature plus the governor's office, but unfortunately for the DFL, there were too many rural Democrats still in the legislature who were not down with any kind of gun bans simply because they represent a lot of hunters who weren't too enthused about gun bans, as you could probably imagine. Well, now... Uh, after passing the red flag bill and a background checks bill last year, uh, they're going to kind of get a little more ambitious. The Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus Twitter feed, you can follow them, by the way, at MN Gun Caucus. Uh, The legislative session doesn't start until Monday, but we already have the first gun control bill of 2024, a ban on almost all semi-automatic weapons. So, I, you know, and again, uh, Rob Dorr at the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus, he actually just put out a video within the last hour, hour and a half. So go to, go to gunowners.mn on the website to find Rob's comments on this. But basically, uh, here's their statement. 
House File 3570 is a sloppy attempt to criminalize peaceable gun owners. The effective date of August 2023 would criminalize any gun owner in Minnesota who who complied with the new universal background check law, which also went into effect on that date. So you can read the full text of the bill uh, at gunowners.org. You can uh, go to gunowners.mn to read the full text of the bill. It's also on their Twitter feed uh, as well. And I'll just read a couple of them. Subdivision 1 definition, as used in this section, transfer means a sale, gift, loan, assignment, or other delivery to another, whether or not for consideration. Uh, It is unlawful for a person to transfer a semi-automatic military-style assault weapon. And uh, Subdivision 2 does not apply to transfer uh, between any government officer, agent, or employee, member of the Armed Forces of the United States, or a peace officer for official use by the recipient or by a dealer that is properly licensed under applicable laws to any branch of the Armed Forces of the United States or to a law enforcement agency within Minnesota, for use that agency or its employees or law enforcement. So what does this do with any potential gun buyback programs that some of these states implement? I'm real, real curious about this because they, you know, specifically uh, say that it does not apply to a transfer uh, between any government officer, agent, or employee. But what, what about a, uh, what about a citizen that, um, is willing to comply to any potential gun buyback programs. Again, I don't know if the state of Minnesota is ever thinking about doing something like that, but that, that'd be an interesting one. Again, I'm a member of the Minnesota gun owners caucus. I am a member of very few uh, political causes and I donate to even less, but gunowners.mn is one I wholeheartedly support. So again, that's just a personal endorsement. That's me, Brad Carlson, the host. So take that for, for what it's worth. So, uh, This is going to be interesting because, like I said, the House is up in 2024. And I don't know. There's a couple of House members that represent more outstate districts that probably would not be down with any kind of gun bans. I mean, it's one thing for the, you know, the red flag laws and universal background checks. You know, these representatives, all DFLers in the House that voted for them. There may have been, I think they all voted for them. I can be corrected if I'm wrong. But since the DFL has 70 members, there can be two DFLers that can vote no, and they'd still have a majority to pass these. So I guess I'm wondering, and I don't know the dynamic of the House, but are there two? Are there more than two that would possibly be vulnerable to losing re-election if they were to vote for these gun bans? And if they would be vulnerable... Are they truly convicted about gun bans saying, you know what, I think this is important, and if collateral damage means that uh, I lose my reelection bid, so be it. I can feel right about doing the right thing. I, I don't know if there are any uh, DFLers who are thinking that way. I honestly don't know. But that's going to be real interesting to watch because, again, the Republicans need to flip only three seats in 2024 to just be at 67-67. And then if if they stay unified on all things, then all legislation can be defeated. So this is typically this session is where you have representatives that kind of tighten up their campaign messages and they don't want to rock the boat too much. So Republicans, I mean, they're, you know, they're in they're in a good position in playing defense because, you know, they can say with confidence, hey, I voted no on all this buffet of lunacy that has come through in 2023 and whatever may come through in 2024. And DFLers, are they going to be able to say the same? I mean, there was one uh, senator, you know, the Senate's not up until 2026, but there was one senator in particular that came out, I think it was Ginny Clevhorn who uh, came out and said, you know, hey, uh, there are some of us who aren't quite as far left as the rest of you. Can you kind of throw us moderates a bone? And I, I couldn't believe she came out and made that statement. It's like you do realize that you can vote no on these and exercise your conscience, right? Or are you not allowed to have a conscience when you're serving in the legislature and that you just have to uh, 
basically do what uh, leadership says. So, yeah, Ginny Cleborn uh, representing, uh, actually she's a House member, I apologize, House member uh, District uh, 42B. So, yeah, are there a few out there who are going to be a little more hesitant given that we're coming up on an election year? That'll be definitely interesting to watch. So uh, that's going to get slated to start tomorrow. So from here forward, yeah, there's going to be a lot more discussion on local issues like there was last year. I get it. We're in a presidential election, and there's going to be a lot to talk about on the national front. But with the Minnesota legislature getting ready to kick off, yeah, there's going to be a lot more local talk. Uh, that is for certain. So 651-289-4488, that is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. Or check out our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where we have the live stream up and running. Brad Carlson, the closer, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Pizza's here. Oh, great. I'd love some, but I'm worried about my stomach issues. If you're worried about having diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools, it may not just be stomach issues. It could be a condition called exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI. With EPI, the pancreas doesn't release enough enzymes to break down food, but EPI is manageable. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. As a mom, comforting my family is what I do best. Vicks Vapor Stick provides soothing, non-medicated Vicks Vapors in an easy-to-apply stick. And it dries fast, so there's no mess. I use it to comfort myself <sighs> and my family. <sighs> Thanks, Mom. Vicks Vapor Stick, soothing comfort for the whole family. And when you need more comfort for yourself, try Vicks Vapor Shower for steamy Vicks Vapors. Use as directed. Vapor Stick for use ages four and up. Vapor Shower use for adults only. Be honest about who is taking advantage of us and keeping us divided. To be black in America today is to be labeled and used. But it's not because America is a systemically racist country. It is not. It is not. It's not. It's because the loudest voices who say they have all the answers are actually the problem. There are progressive forces and organizations dividing us as a people and as a country. They stoke hatred and division to hide the real problems and keep us angry. We've seen this pattern repeat itself over and over again. We have to take a new course. And now's the time to return to our cultural roots of faith, family, and education. Take Charge Minnesota believes that America works for everyone, regardless of race or social standing. Please help counter the cultural narrative by watching the film I Am a Victor this month. Go to AM1280 The Patriot and click on the I Am a Victor banner on the homepage. And you can get more information by going to TakeChargeMN.com. China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Got a three-day beard. I don't plan to shave. And it's a goofy thing, but I just got to say, hey, I'm doing all Hey, welcome right. back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Yeah, I think I'll make me some homemade soup. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Feeling pretty good, and that's the truth. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. And it's a great You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for comments or questions. And don't forget the live stream of our Northern Alliance Radio Network broadcasting is up and running. Uh, it's uh, at our Narn Facebook page. Yeah, it is up and running. Okay, just got to check it. Sometimes the screen freezes and I'm a little uh, paranoid. But, yeah, it is still going, so feel free to check us out there. 
and leave a comment or question. And as always, we uh, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Want to transition now to our guest for the broadcast. Honored to welcome back to the broadcast. I know I've talked to Casey before about a year or so ago. Uh, Casey Maddox is the Vice President of Legal and Judicial Strategy at Americans for Prosperity. We've asked Casey to come on to discuss uh, how the Biden administration uh, about two, two and a half years ago looked to pressure Amazon to deplatform books conveying skepticism over vaccines. Maybe not deplatform, but maybe not promote them as much because obviously some of these books run counter to the narrative that the Biden administration was pushing. So we'll talk to Casey about that as well as some other uh, facets in uh, national politics. Uh, Casey Maddox, first of all, welcome back to the broadcast, sir. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. So this is uh, obviously I read a little bit about this and actually heard something about this a few years ago. I believe Senator Elizabeth Warren out of Massachusetts actually wrote a letter to Amazon uh, demanding answers to why they were allowing certain books to be sold on their website. And now to take it a step further, uh, you've got the Biden administration apparently pressuring Amazon to not promote these books as much. Uh, Casey Maddox, obviously you uh, with your legal background, um, this doesn't sound like it's necessarily a First Amendment violation, but holy cow, that's skirting right up against the line. Why don't you flesh this out a little bit? Yeah, that, that's right. And unfortunately, uh, this is a, a pattern with this administration. Um, this uh, tendency to uh, pressure social media companies, now pressuring Amazon mm. uh, to remove content they, they don't like um, or to demote content that they don't like, um, as opposed to uh, simply using their own voice. I mean, the, the power of the president, uh, the president of the United States has quite a, a loud voice himself. You can use your own voice and uh, say what you want to say without uh, resorting to uh, attempting to censor people. But uh, this is a particularly concerning example. Uh, you, we have, have had the stories before about how the administration was pressuring social media companies to remove content. And now we have a situation where they uh, were complaining to Amazon about the books that they were selling. What was Amazon's response to this? Did they, did they have an official response? Did it, was that revealed, uh, how they uh, replied to this? Did they comply, uh, Casey Maddox? Do we know? Well, it, as far as we can tell, Amazon didn't actually uh, follow through and, uh, and certainly remove any books. Uh, that were directly in response to this. Um, but it, it's surprising, frankly, the uh, the information that we have. This was uh, through uh, some FOIA requests that were uh, revealed by, uh, by Representative Jim Jordan uh, and, and his committee, um, the Weaponization Committee. And so, uh, but it, it's surprising, frankly, that we, we have this level of information. Uh, and I think it, it causes people to wonder what else is happening? What else is the administration doing? Uh, in this vein that we don't know about. Um, and when are companies uh, responding, uh, you know, to this pressure in different ways? I mean, they're, they're actually, you know, some of the examples we saw with social media companies uh, was actually somewhat heartening uh, that the, the social media companies were, in fact, pushing back uh, mm-hmm. on the Biden administration. Saying, Look, these things are not in violation of our policies. We're not going to remove content that's not in violation of our policies. And in many of those cases, the administration kept pressuring and the social media companies uh, eventually buckled. But I think it's actually uh, somewhat heartening that we see examples where these companies are not complying with what the administration is asking them to do. What And what's, uh, I guess, what sort of pressure tactics was the Biden administration employing? I mean, obviously, I mean, it would be a gross First Amendment violation where they would threaten them with some sort of, oh, I, I don't know, sanctions or litigation or whatnot if they didn't comply with their wishes, I mean, what sort of tactics were they utilizing trying to, to, to pressure Amazon? Were they just trying to say, look, here are the facts and just conveying it as a different opinion? Or were there certain things that they were threatening Amazon with if they didn't follow through? Well, you know, the, the administration is basically just complaining at this point that, uh, you know, you're selling these books. People are going to be hurt um, as a result of, uh, of these books. Um, but if you go back to the social media examples, when they were repression of social media companies, in this Murphy uh, case that the Supreme Court is going to hear just next month, uh, the examples there, I mean, you have the, you know, them telling people from social media companies that uh, if you can't take action, then maybe we'll need to look at uh, reforming some of the laws that, uh, that protect social media mm-hmm. companies, like Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, or, um, or that, uh, you know, that, that we will publicly expose the companies. And I think the reality uh, is that uh, 
because of the size of the uh, the federal government um, and all of the things that these large corporations always have ongoing with the administration at any given point, it exposes them uh, to uh, what, what we call jawboning, essentially pressuring from uh, from the federal government, even without the government having to say it. Right? If you've got a multi-billion-dollar merger um, before some federal regulatory agency. And you have someone from that agency contacting you to say, hey, we just saw some content uh, that we think needs to be removed uh, from your platform. You, you don't have to spell that out mm. um, for people to, to do the math and figure out, well, look, we want to keep these people happy. Uh, that's, I think, what really is concerning about this. Um, it's bad enough when it's when it's all sort of completely above board uh, and the administration is, you know, is publicly criticizing these companies. But when you when you have situations where they're just kind of quietly doing things behind the scenes, um, it's very easy for, frankly, a very powerful federal government uh, to have a swear over these companies, even when it's not spoken. I, I get you know, I don't know how um, how productive hypotheticals are, but I'll run one by anyways, Casey Maddox. So suppose Amazon did adhere to the Biden administration's request to maybe not only. Uh, not promote these books heavily, but maybe just remove them from their platform altogether, say to kowtow to the Biden administration. If that indeed happened, and if it were because Amazon felt threatened that their business model might be undermined by the administration, even though the administration maybe didn't say it in so many words, what kind of ramifications would there have been? I mean, to me, the government, in this case, the Biden administration could have kind of just shrugged and said, well, we didn't say explicitly that if they didn't do this, there would be some sort of ramifications. That's what they chose to do after uh, coordinating with them. I mean, doesn't sound to me like there would be a whole lot that could be done legally from a ramification standpoint, Casey Maddox. Well, uh, you know, I think there actually could be. Um, there's yeah. a, uh, the, the, the rule generally is that the, the uh, government can't do indirectly what it can't do directly. Okay. So if the government doesn't have the power uh, to uh, to demand that content be removed, that books be uh, removed or not sold, um, then it can't use its indirect power to do that. Now, obviously, it gets a little tricky uh, attempting to figure out, well, was this really because of the administration or was it because uh, the platform made its own independent determination? It's a private company. They can make the calls that they want to make. Um, but there's a, a Supreme Court case called Bantam Books from the 1960s. It will be... Uh, important in this case coming up with the social media companies mm -hmm. that basically suggest that yes, in, in some circumstances, um, even where uh, the government is not, um, you know, uh, sort of the, uh, the direct mover, uh, if it is pressuring um, other, other entities, private entities to make determinations to censor, uh, then the government itself uh, can violate the First Amendment. And so, you know, I think there is uh, there's uh, some of these legal questions, frankly, uh, are going to have to get resolved. Um, I think one thing I'm concerned about is I, I don't want them to get resolved in a way that uh, sort of converts private businesses into the government, because I don't think that's in anyone's interest. Right. Um, if, if that's, you know, the way this is uh, is getting dealt with. I think the problem here is that the government itself is the, is the bad actor. The First Amendment uh, tells the government uh, to affect uh, our free speech, uh, free speech rights. Um, and, you know, the story here is basically the government's not living up to that obligation. Can you uh, maybe draw a distinction between what a lot of people point to what's happening in the state of Florida? Because, I mean, I, the reason I bring this up is because a lot of people, they may hear about the story and they say, well, that sounds to me like awful close to book panning. A lot of what these leftist progressives are decrying what's happening in Florida. And from what I understand, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Casey Maddox, if you have some familiarity with this, uh, in Florida, they're just seeming to move these explicit books out of a section of the library that could be readily accessible to children for simply for the reason that they're concerned about parental reactions. And so they're, if anything, kind of doing it to kind of, at least my interpretation, it saved their own skin. So can you kind of draw a distinction between what's happening here uh, with the Biden administration maybe pressuring Amazon and what people are mistakenly labeling as book bans down in Florida? Yeah, you know, I've seen other people have made the, uh, a similar sort of uh, you know, comparison. 
that you know at, at a time when uh, when we have these uh, concerns about uh, so-called book bans in uh, in Florida and some other states, uh, which generally I think you know as you as you said, generally what we're talking about in those uh, cases are um, you know, basically schools deciding to not use certain content uh, in certain classes or uh, or removing them from school libraries. And people can think whatever they want to about uh, about those cases. Uh, those are, are uh, you know, uh, at least in some cases, are challenging First Amendment questions. Okay. But what you have here is, in fact, actually the government, um, you know, not removing content from a library or uh, from a school library or making a decision about, uh, you know, when it's uh, when it's going to use certain content, but actually telling Amazon that it would prefer that it would not if it would just not sell the book at all. Um, or to demote the book so that people can't find it. it. It does, to me, sound a lot more like what one would think of typically uh, as as a book ban. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think it's uh, it is something that should be particularly concerning. Once again, we are joined by Casey Maddox. He is the vice president of legal and judicial strategy at Americans for Prosperity. Casey, need to take a quick break. Any chance you can hold over for one final segment with us? Sure. Okay, fantastic. We'll be back uh, with one final segment on the broadcast. And if you'd like to weigh in, 651-289-4488. You can also check out uh, Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Leave a question at that uh, particular hashtag if you so desire. And don't forget our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where we have a live stream of the broadcast up and running. Brad Carlson back with one final segment. Go nowhere. Guess who just got back today? The wild that voice that has been away. Thinking about climbing Pikes Peak? You can get this radio station there, too. TuneIn.com, iHeartRadio, and Odyssey.com. We're always on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent radio through your smart speaker. Say, play The Patriot, Minneapolis. Me and my wife, Lisa, would definitely recommend JTR Roofing. Hey, it's Mike from Chanhassen. The storm damage that we had was uh, golf ball size hail chunks, and it cracked some of the, the existing tiles. Putting this roof on, it, it's a little complicated. We had to take our copper gutters off that JTR helped us out on. And uh, you needed some roofers that really knew what they were doing. And we also uh, had some damage uh, on some of the sliding doors facing the lake where we live off of. And they were able to work with Marvin, and we are, we'll be putting the windows in with help from JTR on that also. JTR probably, I think what really stood out to both my wife and myself was they showed up prior to the workers starting to work every other morning just to make sure things were right. And the timing of it and the respect of the property and everything else, the workers were terrific. And and me and my wife, Lisa, would definitely recommend JTR Roofing. Contact JTR Roofing now for your siding, roofing, and window needs. While forces attempt to divide us by race, class, and gender, Take Charge Minnesota empowers people to take charge of their lives. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, all month as we celebrate the success of those who have achieved the American dream. You can also help counter the cultural victim narrative by watching the film, I Am a Victor. Go to am1280thepatriot.com and click on the I Am a Victor banner on the homepage. Take Charge Minnesota believes in the idea of America and that it works for all who pursue it. With more women seeking services from Robbinsdale Women's Center, they have made a mission-critical decision to move to a new location in Crystal, now called Crystal Women's Clinic, a ministry of RWC. The new facility significantly increases its reach and visibility to women considering abortions. The added exam rooms and large educational space will strengthen their life-affirming mission and further their trustworthiness for women facing unplanned pregnancies. Join the cause to empower women to choose life by donating at supportlife.org. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. 
You can listen to AM 1280 The Patriot on all Amazon Echo devices. Simply ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis, and you'll hear your favorite hosts. This is Dennis Prager, and thanks for listening to me on your Alexa device. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, me, Brad Carlson. One final segment on the broadcast, so feel free to give us a call, 651-289-4488. You can also check us out via Twitter. You can leave a comment or question at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. And don't forget the live stream of our broadcast is up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So check us out there and give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we have about uh, five or six minutes left in the broadcast, so we want to uh, finish our discussion with uh, Casey Maddox. He is the Vice President of Legal and Judicial Strategy at Americans for Prosperity. And by the way, uh, check out the website of that fine organization, americansforprosperity.org. We here at the Northern Alliance Radio Network uh, su- uh, fond supporters and admirers of that organization. Uh, Casey, I want to take a transition real quick. I, I did uh, have an opportunity to check out an op-ed you penned recently that was in the New York Post. Uh, specifically, you know, we all hear about a lot of the absurd laws and wasteful spending that are uh, passed at the national level, but uh, state by state levels, they uh, kind of get even a little more peculiar. And you know, kind of talking along the lines of government inserting itself into private business, uh, you took note of how uh, New York state lawmakers are contemplating uh, compelling Chick Fil A restaurants to open on Sundays. Casey Maddox, do I have that right? You know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll give them this. We, we all uh, have had the experience of uh, being on a Sunday and uh, wishing we could uh, could eat Chick-fil-A. <laughs> right. um, but it, it never dawned on me uh, that government should actually attempt uh, to compel Chick-fil-A to be open on Sunday. Um, there are other things to eat. Uh, not quite as good, but there are, in fact, other things to eat. So, yeah, you know, this is one, I think, in an example of uh, basically lawmakers forgetting what their job is, mm-hmm. um, forgetting that their job is to uh, protect, uh, protect our, our, uh, our lives and our property, uh, protect our civil liberties. That's the job. Uh, spend our taxpayer uh, dollars wisely. Um, and instead, they end up taking on uh, sort of causes like this um, that, you know, take them away from uh, the actual thing they're supposed to be doing. I think fundamentally it's, it's our job to remind them uh, we send them to state legislatures or to Congress to do, uh, and it frankly ought to be pretty boring. Um, and unfortunately, we have lawmakers who uh, I think get tired of the boring uh, and look to insert themselves into things that they uh, they should not be their job. And then one thing, you know, when when a lot of these legislators bring forth some of these proposals, you often think back. It's like, you know, I bet if I look back at say their social media sites, campaign literature, whatever. Uh, don't recall him campaigning on this uh, particular issue, and I think there's a reason for that, Casey Maddox. No, that's right. I, you know, Connecticut has as uh, regulates the bounciness of pickles. I guarantee you that no one running uh, for uh, you know for for elected office in Connecticut uh, campaigned on that point. Right? They all campaign as if they're going to be the people um, who do the things that they're supposed to do. You know, I think fundamentally it's, uh, you know, we can we can ask the courts to weigh in. We can ask the courts to fix some of these problems. And sometimes uh, it can be the court's job. But it's, you know, we need voters who basically decide, look, I'm going to elect people who are serious people who know to actually uh, how to get something done. But the things they're supposed to get done, done. Yeah, I, and that's that's absolutely right. And, and, and at the end of the day, you, you hit on a great point. It, it, it behooves us, uh, the citizens, to you know, be more engaged in the political system. And we talk about it all the time whenever there's a presidential race and we say, well, these polls, they look awful for whichever candidate, but people aren't really engaged until a month or two beforehand. And it's like, well, why aren't they engaged until then? I mean, this is this is a lot more important than just uh, getting your head in the game at the, at the last minute. And I think... Uh, these laws certainly emphasize that uh, one that didn't come as a terrible surprise to me. And again, you know, you talk about campaigning on absurd laws. I would not be surprised if there were candidates in the state of California that were campaigning on bringing uh, to major retailers the mandate to offer gender gender neutral toy aisles. Uh, it's California, Casey Maddox. I, this isn't a terrible surprise, but still to the to us normies, it's uh, it is head shaking to say the least. 
No, that's right. I mean, look, whatever whatever you think about that issue, we're we're going to make retailers set aside specific sections of the store for gender neutral toys. Um, it's you know, the, it's the, uh, the the government compulsion, right? What's lost in all of this is whenever government decides that they're going to uh, to take on something like this, they end up passing a law that limits freedom in some way, um, and and that's you know that, that's what's happening there. Look, this isn't difficult. If if people um, in the free market respond to a business because they like the way that they're setting up their toys, um, they can do that. What we don't need is government deciding that it's going to uh, to mandate this for every retailer. Um, it's it's you know there there are other things. Uh, there are plenty of stories about other things that, that California lawmakers ought to be spending their time on. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, uh, we we saw how quickly they were somehow some way able to uh, to clean up their streets once the uh, uh, Chinese. Uh, when Ch- Chinese Prime Minister President uh, appeared uh, in visiting their state, so they, they can they can actually uh, put their no- nose to the grind and be productive if they really want to be Casey Maddox. So. That's right. Yeah. Well, once again, we are joined by Casey Maddox talking about all things uh, absurd laws as well as the Biden administration inserting themselves uh, into Amazon uh, selling uh, books. Uh, skeptical of a COVID vaccines. Great breakdown of everything in the background that goes with that. Again, Casey Maddox, Vice President of Legal and Judicial Strategy at Americans for Prosperity. Check out their fine website, americansforprosperity.org. Casey, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. I uh, appreciate the good information as always, and uh, we hope we can call in again. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks. Take care. Okay. We have uh, about a minute to go. I wanted to cut off early because uh, I, um, you know, this is Super Bowl Sunday. I was talking about the Super Bowl, and if you've been watching the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, the live stream of the broadcast, you see I have a 49ers shirt on. And I think I was mentioning at the outset that I was, uh, I was pulling for the 49ers. Uh, and uh, I do a prediction segment for the playoffs, NFL playoffs, every year at bradcarlson.org. And my conference championship uh, predictions, I came up between the Chiefs and the Ravens, the AFC title game. I said, look, with all due respect to the NFC title game, this is essentially the Super Bowl, Kansas City versus Baltimore. And I felt that way. I said, whomever wins this game is going to win the Super Bowl. So obviously Kansas City won, and I've been pretty bullish on Kansas City emerging victorious, predicting that Kansas City would win, You know, uh, strengthening the legacy of Patrick Mahomes. But I have not been that sure about a pre- prediction in a Super Bowl since 16 years ago when I predicted that the 18-0 Patriots would comfortably defeat the New York Giants. I think we know how that turned out. So, yes, I am doing an about face and saying that the 49ers are going to emerge victorious and they're going to win 24-21. to 21. I'm going with it. My George Kittle T-shirt represent, uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun with that. So, with that, folks, I'm out next week. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. We all know that aches and pains come with simply getting older. But it doesn't mean you have to accept it. That's why I want to tell you about a special lady, Leah from Ohio, and her Relief Factor story. One Sunday, Leah was sitting on the couch in so much pain, she was literally in tears. That's when she decided to try Relief Factor. Just eight days later, she found relief, and she continued to get better and better. To quote her, she said, I am truly amazed at this product. Like me, who after nine, almost ten years, almost a decade of low back pain, lost that pain thanks to Relief Factor. If you're living with aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel and live better every day. Get the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. It all comes with a feel-better or your money-back guarantee. That number, 1-800, the number 4, RELIEF, relieffactor.com. Are you tired of being told to hang in there on the Wall Street roller coaster because the market always comes back? Meanwhile, fees continue to be deducted from your account while your retirement withers away. Hi, I'm Mitch Lyons, best-selling author and star in a brand new Hollywood documentary called The Retirement Deception. In the film, you'll see how Wall Street's traditional retirement plans and 401ks have failed Americans. But more importantly, you'll discover the solution to protecting your hard-earned wealth and retiring successfully. You'll see how to grow money potentially double digits, beat inflation with increasing income, 
and when the next market crash hits, you lose nothing. So if you're over 50 and want a bigger, better, stress-free retirement, call to talk to a specialist and get a free copy of this brand new movie, The Retirement Deception. Call 800-578-3535. This is a $30 value, but when you call today, you get it completely free. Plus, I'll even cover shipping and handling, no credit card required. So don't delay. Call right now. 800-578-3535. 800-578-3535. 800-578-3535. There are progressive forces and organizations dividing us as a people and as a country. They stoke hatred and division to hide the real problems and keep us angry. We've seen this pattern repeat itself over and over again. We have to take a new course. And now's the time to return to our cultural roots of faith, family, and education. Over half of black students in Minneapolis public schools are failing. But black students in the same neighborhoods who attend private faith-based schools perform above national averages. Every parent should have the choice and the right to send their child to a safe and excellent school. And today, nearly 80% of black children in the Twin Cities live day-to-day without their father. That's four out of every five. Take Charge Minnesota believes that America works for everyone, regardless of race or social standing. Get more information by going to TakeChargeMN.com. AM 1280. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.